Hello and welcome in. We appreciate you joining us for this latest edition of the Prairie and Smith podcast. We're excited to once again be talking some more Sunbelt football. But before we do, if you haven't listened to our last episode with Louisiana Athletic Director Brian Maggard, where we talked about the hiring of head coach Michael Desermo, the overall strength of the Raging Cajuns Athletic Department, and the program's cutting-edge approach to NIL, you want to make sure to check that episode out. Today, though, on episode 89 of the show, we'll be completing our position previews for the 2023 season. We've talked about the top defensive linemen, the linebackers in the Sun Belt, but we have one standout group on the defensive side of the football to talk about. On today's episode, we're taking a look at the loaded defensive back position in the Sun Belt. Caden, you've had this episode circled in your calendar since the day we talked about it. You're talking defensive backs, and you have some high hopes for this group heading into the fall. I definitely do, and I know I'm a little biased and a little partial to defensive backs, but I think we saved the best for last as far as our rankings. But this is a group that's obviously near and dear to my heart. It was one of my favorite to research and really study, and you talked about it and mentioned it. This is a group that's absolutely loaded. If you look at all the other position groups we've ranked, this one, just like a lot of the others, has NFL written all over them. So really excited about the safeties and corners in this group, what the kind of season they could potentially have based on what they had last year, and what even their careers could look like maybe playing on Sundays for some of these guys. Yeah, definitely. And if you want a spoiler on this episode, Caden couldn't just stick to 10. Big surprise right there. Well, as we promised, we'll be ranking our top 10 defensive backs in the Sun Belt in this episode. Let's not waste any more time. It's time to jump right into today's topic. All right, everyone, as promised, we'll be ranking our top Sunbelt defensive backs in today's episode, so let's jump right in. Caden, I think we'll go ahead and just start at the top because the top of this list in the Sunbelt is loaded, and if you've listened to this podcast, if our listeners have listened over time, it's going to be no surprise who we went with at number one. It's probably your favorite player in the league, and that's Yam Banks from South Alabama. He was an honorable mention All-American by Phil Steele while garnering first-team All-Sunbelt honors in 2022. He was Caden that true ball hawk last year, recording six interceptions, which was tied with Marshall's Micah Abraham for tops in the Sunbelt. He also recorded 50 tackles along with 11 pass breakups and five QB hurries in 2022. Caden, he's going to enter this year 100-plus career tackles, 10-plus TFLs, six interceptions in that three-year career at South Alabama. This year, he'll help anchor a secondary that's been called the best in the Sun Belt by several publications already. Caden, he'll secure a pretty comfortable seat on the NFL draft train with another you big year in 2023. Head, no, this is probably by far hard to hide my favorite co- player in the conference. I mean, I'm a defensive back. I'm partial to this position in general. But then when you take it to another level, when you use a guy like Ian Banks, who's just super versatile, he's a freak athlete. He actually didn't play football until 10th grade, which is insane when you just watch him play the defensive back position because he's so versatile. I and mean, you talked about his production. He had great numbers. He led the league in interceptions this year. And the, there's certain players on this list that we'll talk about that might be able to match Yam's production in certain areas. There's a short list of guys who've had as many interceptions, as many pass breakups. There's plenty more with plenty tackles, but Yam's versatility is what separates him. He plays that Husky position, the defensive back position in Kane Womack's defense, and he really excels at it. It's a very hybrid slot corner nickel safety type position where he's asked to play man coverage in the slot he's asked to play zone coverage he's asked to be in the box as a true linebacker he even comes off the edge as a blitzer you talked about those quarterback hurries he has and unfortunately for offenses he excels at all of this stuff he can't keep up with where he's at because wherever he is at he's going to be effective in it and there's not many other players in the conference who can say that when you just look at a positional versatility standpoint he started off as a freshman at South Alabama playing quarterback cornerback and it's evident when you see him in man coverage he's 
very, very comfortable. He's 6'1", 210. He has the perfect frame, kind of that Derwin James-esque body that kind of just is built as one of those versatile DBs that every body in the NFL right now is looking for. You're talking about him being an NFL prospect, potentially. He's checking all those boxes with his play, and you see him in a variety of ways make a ton of impact. And that just that ability to guard people in the slot is is so slept on, and it's something that translates immediately to the next level. And He's also got great ball skills. You talked about those six interceptions. His ball skills are amazing. The interception numbers are amazing. And his quarterbacks, he makes quarterbacks pay. If you're a Sunbelt quarterback and you're listening to this, if you're off balance, if you're off timing, do not throw a ball in this guy's direction. He had so many interceptions on the sideline, getting those toe taps catches. He's extremely disruptive even when he's not getting interceptions. If you're catching that ball and you know Yam Banks is coming, you can't do anything with it and you know he's going to hit you. He's going to lay the wood. So he's an elite player in this conference. I wouldn't it's not ridiculous to say whether you're talking offensively or defensively. It's safe to say that Yam Banks is the most complete player in the Sunbelt Conference, in my opinion. Yeah, he is a huge piece in Caden. I still remember that interception that he had against Western Kentucky in that bowl game. I think it made it on Sports Center. That was probably uh, one of the plays of the year and just speaks to his ability to go get the football uh, when it's thrown in his vicinity. Great pick there at number one, Caden, but I know it was tough making the decision between number one and number two right here. We went with Micah Abraham out of Marshall at number two. He's going to enter the 2023 season as a preseason All-American. Last year, he was a first-team defensive back in the league. As mentioned, he tied with Yam Banks for the league lead with six interceptions last season. His 10 pass breakups, Caden, and six interceptions last season marked the second consecutive season now where he's had at least 15 passes defended uh he's going to enter the year uh his fifth at Marshall with 114 career tackles eight interceptions and 36 pass breakups across 49 career games Abraham has been a big game player as well during his career Kane you might remember that uh big interception in Marshall's upset win over Notre Dame last year uh that he had Kane Marshall lost several pieces in their secondary after last season uh but with Micah Abraham leading the charge this Marshall secondary should once again cause opposing offenses a ton of problems yeah i want to make it clear that like micah's coverage skills are, are just just right there with the am like they they both provide the same skill set as far as if you need a guy to get locked up they're going to be able to do the job for you but we talked about yam's versatility is what sets him apart but as far as being a pure corner goes it's it's tough to beat micah abraham there's a lot of other great players on this list and one we'll talk about here shortly but mike is just one of my absolute favorite players to watch in the conference. He's a delight if you really just like watching the craft of playing defensive back and specifically playing cornerback. But you talked about it. this is a guy who had 14 pass breakups a year before and just adds 10 to it this year like that. He's 6'2", 180, has really long arms that seem like they touch the ground when he's in his stance and they're just great for press coverage and off coverage. He actually reminds me of an old teammate of mine at App State, Shamar Jean Charles, who's currently on the Green Bay Packers. Just that long cover corner that just plays that blanket coverage in the boundary where there's short throws for the quarterback or, or to the field if you needed to take up more space, he can do that as well. But he started off the season with those back-to-back interceptions. You talked about that Notre Dame one. Those were both on instances where it's, it's short game hitch routes. It's a five-yard hitch route. He's playing off coverage in the first game of the year. I forgot who they were playing, but he was not even in the screen in the picture when you're watching it. And the quarterback thinks it's an easy access five-yard route. And he intercepts it in that game and he intercepts it against Notre Dame. So he showed off his kind of downhill ability as far as being able to make breaks on balls early in the year. And then later in the year, you saw him intercepting some deep balls and showing off those ball skills as well. This is a guy who excels in zone coverage, man coverage. He has the hands, he has the feet. Such a smooth guy at that position. Very curious, like you mentioned, to see what he does during this season without a Stephen Gilmore, kind of his sidekick there. I think 
last year when it was Marshall's cornerback. So it was more of a pick your poison. Steven also had 10 pass breakups last year. He would have been a guy that was on this list if he returned. But now when you have Micah and Steven out there, you kind of have to pick your poison. But now it's going to be just Micah. So I think a lot's going to be very dependent on who that other corner spot is. I know they're very confident in their defensive backs and just their defensive players in general. But like you mentioned, very curious to see how he operates in this defense that lost a couple players on the back end, but still has a ton of guys up front that are very successful and very good players in that defense. Yeah, that Marshall defense is expected to be stout uh, once again, and Micah Abraham will certainly play a big role in that. Caden, this is interesting as we move on to number three on this list. You went with uh, Reddy Stewart, and the interesting thing, when you look at position groups in the Sun Belt, this is the only position group that all three first-team all-conference players are returning. We've already talked about two. Uh, this is the last of our three first-team all-Sun Belt defensive backs from last season. Caden, according to PFF, he was the top-rated quarterback in the Sun Belt and the second-best corner in the group of five, as well as in the country last season with a 90.7 grade at that position. He was second in the nation in 2022, holding opponents to just 8.7 yards after the catch. And his passer rating against was the ninth best mark nationally. He was arguably one of the best cornerbacks in the country a year ago. Caden Reddy is the true defensive or definition rather of a shutdown corner. He's recorded 131 career tackles, three interceptions and 15 pass breakups during his career. 2022, though, was that breakout year for him, a year in which he had career bests in tackles, interceptions, and pass breakups. Kane, here's what's so interesting. This trio of Banks, Abraham, and Stewart, I feel like all of them will hear their names called in April if they continue to perform at this level. Yeah, it's definitely not ridiculous to say just based off the seasons they had last year and the trajectory they have heading into this season, I think. You talked about it. I mean, this DB spot has always been competitive in this conference. There's a guy on this podcast right now who's never made a first-team all-conference just because there's so many great DBs in this conference, and they don't different. You sound bitter. Not at all, because if you think about it, I actually I could say this real quick. I think the cornerback and safety positions should be differentiated in the all-conference list, because when you just make a DBs, man, like this position group is just absolutely loaded. There was a year where there was four corners on the on the first team all-conference list, and then there was me and a couple safeties on the second team. I was like, okay, we're still, we're still as a safety, we're still doing great. Like, there's going to be a safety mentioned later in this list, and he's technically the best safety in the conference, but he's the fourth best according to this list. So it's always very positional flexibility and stuff like that. But en- enough about me and the all-conference gripes I have with defensive back unit. Reddy Stewart, man, he's nipping right at Micah Abraham's heels for me. I think his game isn't quite as crisp and as fluid as Micah, but you talk about that production. I mean, that 90.7 PFF grade, that's very hard to do with the corner spot, and that just means you're locking down your guy in front of you pretty much game in and game out. Maybe one or two snaps, things don't go your way, but he ties Ian Banks as far as 11 pass breakups as returners. That leads all returners in the defensive backfield coming back into the conference. He had that breakout game against Arkansas State. He had two interceptions, one that he took to the house. Reddy's listed at 5'11", but I just don't believe this. He's super long and rangy. No no one I got the chance to see him up close and personal at Troy, and he looked just like a a Richard Sherman-esque type of body. He's a long guy, and anytime the ball's in the air, it seems like the 50-50 ball's going to go his way when it's him versus the receiver. It seems like he's going to have that long arm that gets out there and breaks up that pass. He's very disruptive and great with his hands and that point of contact when receivers are trying to catch the ball. He kind of reminds me of Josh Norman away in his heyday with the Carolina Panthers as far as he's a rangy guy. If he gets a beat a little bit here and there, he's always able to make up that ground and get his hand in there. He's excellent in the clutch. I think that inter- I think back to that interception against South Alabama. He had two, like I mentioned before, to kind of secure that West title, even though it wasn't the best opponent the conference has to offer. But he had several huge pass breakups as well in that bowl game against UTSA 
especially in the end zone late in the goal line. He's just a very willing and fearless tackler as well, just like everybody else on Troy's defense, which really isn't saying much. But um, I think just thinking as well about some of the previous lists we've done and speaking to that defense, think about how loaded this team is truly up front still on the defensive side of the ball. I really expect ready to benefit from them creating pressure up front with some of those guys and kind of vice versa, being able to work each work with each other as far as the quarterback, maybe holding on to the ball a little bit more because Reddy's locking someone up and then some sacks happen. So kind of very excited to watch Reddy work cohesively with his defensive front. We know that linebacker spot took a huge hit with Carlton Marshall, but they still have such a solid up front group with their hand on the ground, with their hand out of the ground and ready on the back end. Very excited for this Troy defense. And I think Reddy's definitely a big part of why I am excited to watch them again next season. Hey, a little spoiler as well. There's going to be another Troy uh, defensive back that makes it on this list a little bit later on in this episode. I know you're bullish on that secondary for the Troy Trojans heading in uh, to the 2023 season. Caden, as we hop down to number four, we've got a Southern Miss Golden Eagle checking in right here. This is Jay Stanley, and he is coming off a 2022 season uh, that saw him pick up third-team All-Sun Belt honors. He's already picking up a lot of hype uh, ahead of this season, earning preseason All-Sun Belt nods by Phil Steele, Pro Football Focus, as well as the Action Network. Uh, Last season, though, Caden, he finished with career bests in tackles and TFLs while also recording a career high with five interceptions and 12 pass breakups. He also led the charge for that nasty bunch by forcing and recovering four fumbles on the season. Southern Miss is once again going to have bowl aspirations, Caden, heading into 2023, but with several departures on that in that Golden Eagles secondary, Jay Stanley will need to be the glue that keeps that unit together this season. Yeah, Stanley was a guy I'm not familiar with until the season happened with George, with Southern Miss joining the conference, but I did learn about him very, very quick. He may be fourth on this list, like I mentioned before, but that makes him the best true safety in the conference when you kind of lump these defensive backs together. I wouldn't be surprised if this guy climbs up and gets his name in that first-team all-conference conversation once the season ends, but you talked about it. This guy's a stat sheet stuffer. I mean, that's what I love in my safeties, personally, a guy who can get 61 tackles, seven pass breakups, sack and a half four and a half tackles for loss, five interceptions, three forced fumbles, a fumble recovery. You love like every defensive coordinator. They got that kind of production out of their safety. They'd be smiling ear to ear just about every game. That means your safeties, the, the smart safeties are around the ball a lot, but the great safeties, you you know when they're around the ball a lot because they're forcing turnovers. They're making plays and just love watching this guy play because game in and game out, he does it. And I think third team all conference kind of didn't do him justice. He's second team all American according to PFF and that just speaks to his production. But this guy is just physically imposing when you watch him play with the eye test. He's 6'2", 215 pounds. He's a power five level talent. He went to Ole Miss the first two seasons of his career before transferring to Southern Miss. But he's absolutely destructive downhill in the run game. And he's physical at the point of attack. But he's also just very graceful and smooth when you see him in coverage. He has great ball skills for his safety. He has a knack overall about being around the football. And I think just being able to create turnovers and be disruptive as a safety is like kind of like that. It's it's almost an intangible within itself. It's something you can't coach or teach. But when you get it and you have it on your defense, it makes you so much better. And I was looking at his game log, Noah. He only had two games last season without an interception, a pass breakup, or a forced fumble. He had three consecutive games with a forced fumble where he was just on a tear there. You, that's like a great production. Pass rushers, pass rushers don't do that. Like It's absurd what he's doing. And I think his partner in cr- crime, like we mentioned, with a lot of these other defensive backs, Malik Schwartz is going to be gone from that other safety spot. So I think the expectations are going to rise for him and his responsibilities as far as being a leader and someone who can have production in this nasty bunch defense. But I'm really excited about what he did last season and what he's capable of doing this season. One of my favorite defensive players by far in the conference, Jay Stanley, for sure. 
Yeah, certainly a lot of uh, departures uh, on that Southern Miss defense, but with guys like Stanley and others back, uh, don't don't sleep on that Southern Miss Golden Eagles defense uh, heading into this season. Caden, we'll hop down to number five, and uh, this one, uh, if you watched Sunbelt football last year, you might be a bit surprised here because this individual did not play, but Caden, this is a player that you've had a front row seat to watch during your career, and we're talking about Keith Gallman here uh, the safety out of South Alabama last year. Uh, South Alabama had one of the best secondaries in the Sun Belt uh, because of the likes of guys like Banks and Voison and Darrell Luter, who's now in the NFL. Many, though, Caden forgot that Keith Goldman was not able to play after suffering a preseason chest injury that ultimately kept him out all season. In his previous two healthy seasons, though, he was all Sun Belt in both years, second and 21, third and 22. Back though in 2021, he was a second or he was the second leading tackler for South Alabama and recorded 59 total stops during that campaign. The 2023 season, Caden, represents the sixth season uh, that he will be with the South Alabama program after joining back in 2018. Here's what I'm saying if he can return to form in 2023, Caden, this loaded South Alabama secondary is about to get even richer. Yeah, whether this name sounds familiar to you or not, I have a feeling that fans are either going to be introduced or reintroduced to Keith this season. I mean, you mentioned him before. He's been a dominant player who's made all-conference twice, one of the best safeties in the conference before he suffered that season-ending injury that forced him to miss the entire 2022 season. Really broke my heart. He was another safety in the conference. I think was rec- like I, he was playing at the same time as me, so I recognized his game and appreciated his game from afar. I vividly remember watching film of this man playing against Georgia Southern in 2020, and he was absolutely destructive he had a force fumble in that game he recovered when he had an interception he was tackling dudes all over the place when they were running that triple option offense and his individual success shined when this team was not very good and I'm very excited to watch him compete now on a team that is winning and he'll be surrounded by the most talent he's had in general on defense and specifically in that secondary as well like we've mentioned he's the definition of a sure tackler he plays extremely physical he's that downhill kind of safety that knockdown defender that every defense wants on the third level when he kind of keeps those five-yard games from being first downs. He keeps things at the line of scrimmage for you with just his aggressive play. And he's not he's definitely known a lot more for his impact in the run game, but he flashed 10 pass breakups in 2020, had an interception in each of the last three seasons he's played. This is an absolutely deep secondary unit that just has an embarrassment of riches when you look at their defensive backfield. I mean, South Alabama was extremely successful last season. Without him and with him, I expect them to be even more effective with him back in the fold. And I have, he has a ton of flexibility. This whole secondary has a ton of flexibility and toys to play with. I know they have some confidence in their cornerbacks despite losing some of those guys and some versatile guys who can play on different spots. But I'm very interested to see how they use Keith putting him back into the fold. We'll talk a little bit more about what they could do potentially next season with the guy that we have coming up on the list. But very excited about Keith. I think he comes into this season with a chip on his shoulder with something to prove to kind of, like I said earlier, reintroduce himself to some people who might have forgot or don't know about what he's capable of in the conference yet. Yeah, certainly, uh, you know, Corey Batoon and Kane Womack are going to have a lot of fun uh, with that defense and, and the multiple different looks, Caden. I feel like as a as a former defensive back, that would be a defense that uh, you would like to be a part of there. Well, Caden, much like we saw when we lined up our defensive line rankings, we saw three Troy Trojans make it inside the top five. In this ranking, we've got three South Alabama defensive backs that are going to make it in the top six. So it speaks to just the strength of both the Troy defense and that South Alabama defense ahead of 2023. Caden, at number six here, we've got Jaden Voison, And not to be confused with his brother, Devin Voison, who stars on the offensive side of the football uh, for this very same South Alabama football team. 
He's a preseason third-team all-sunbelt selection, according to multiple publications heading into this year. Boyson led South Alabama last season with 80 tackles, including 44 solo stops. He also recorded a pair of interceptions and six TFLs last year. After not seeing action in 2021, last year was a career year for the now redshirt junior. Caden, South Alabama has three legit weapons at safety. The only question I have, and I know you're interested to see, is how are they going to deploy these three weapons? Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how they do it because this guy seemingly filled the role that Keith Gallman played last year prior to this injury. He led the South Alabama defense in tackles with 80. And I think that just being a safety that leads the team in tackles, it's that's a huge, that's a huge plus for me. I think that out of all the players on this list and players in the conference I've seen, this guy actually reminds me the most of myself as a player. I don't think that's crazy to say. He's the guy, he's not, he's like his brother. He's a smooth operator who's not necessarily known for his particularly flashy game or his explosiveness, but he he does what you ask him to. He gets the job done week in and week out. He's consistent. And I think that he was a huge part of why this defense was successful last year. He's a little bit of a late bloomer, didn't really touch the field until this year, but was extremely productive. And it was clear that he waited his turn and was ready for this moment and been preparing for it. But he winds up everywhere on the field. This guy plays in deep coverage. He makes a ton of plays in the box, kind of as a linebacker. He plays sideline to sideline with his hair on fire. He made a handful of plays, even at the line of scrimmage, like batting down balls. Anytime you're watching the South Alabama defense, you can find this guy anywhere making plays, which is awesome to see. And I think that he simply just does whatever his team needs him to do. If you need a big interception against Troy, he's going to do that for you. If you need 17 tackles against Southern Miss, sure, like Jaden Voison will do it. He's an amazing player to watch. And He's one of the most fun defensive players to watch in the conference just because of his twitch, his decisiveness. You can tell he's very smart. And he's one of those guys, the defensive backs and safeties, they say his his brain's very close to his feet. He can kind of get to where he needs to go immediately. You can tell he's always making steps with intent and getting where he needs to go efficiently. He's a tone setter. I kind of call him the spark plug of the defense as far as the energy that he brings. You can tell that he's garnered the respect of his coaches and his teammates when you watch him play because he just has his heart on the sleeve and very interested to see, like you mentioned before, how they reinsert him back into the fold. I know this is a guy that actually played cornerback to start off his career. Same with Ian Banks in high school. He was a high school cornerback as well. They have guys who can do a lot of different things and they could have a lot of fun. If you want, if it's a goal line situation, if you need DBs that can tackle on the field, you can just put this guy in Keith in the field. If you need guys to in your coverage units to, to blitz, give you a variety of looks and do a variety of things, they have a ton of guys who not only provide the physical tools, but are veterans and are experienced in the defense and can definitely handle a big workload as far as, as far as a third down coverage menu and different things like that. So very excited to see how they use them this year. I think the only thing that might hurt these guys is with them all being on the field, their production might take a hit. There's not going to be a ton of, Yam kind of emerged last year as the guy that had those stats. But as far as tackles, it's kind of like the Troy defense last year. They're going to be very hard to come by. Everyone's going to be competing and run to that ball. I predict that this team is going to be closer to that dominant Troy defense than it was the defense we saw last year, even and a lot of that has to do with their strength of the defensive backs for sure. Yeah, we've seen uh, a South Alabama defender make it in each one of our uh, defensive preview lists on the line, the linebackers, and now at the defensive back position. It seems like there's a lot of tools in the tool chest uh, down in Mobile. Okay, and we'll move on to number seven. And uh, I feel like this is the one on the list that probably makes you feel the oldest. Your protege here, Nick Ross out of App State. Uh, tunes in at number seven, and he is one of the most experienced safeties in the Sun Belt uh, heading into this year. He's played in 52 games over the last four seasons. He's currently a second-team All-Sun Belt honoree, according to Phil Steele, ahead of the season. He's appeared in 12 or more games in each of the last four years. 
The 2022 season, though, represented a career year for Ross, who finished with career highs in tackles, TFLs, INTs, pass breakups. Caden, you played alongside this talented safety. He's never been an all-Sunbelt honoree during his career. It feels like this is the year, though, that could change. You talked about it. This is my guy, my protege. He's the guy that played behind me when I was at App State. We played together a ton, shared the field a ton on third downs and, and things like that. But knowing him, he's probably going to be very upset that he's ranked this low. I know his confidence. He does not shy away from that. He probably thinks he's the best DB defensive player, maybe just player in general in the conference. And I think that's one of the things that makes him special. But look, Nick is not a big guy. He's 5'11", 185 pounds, but he plays very big. He's extremely physical, extremely fearless. And I think will enter this season as the unquestioned leader of this App State defense, which we've kind of had murmurs and whispers about as far as maybe that was an issue last season. But I definitely expect him to take not only a jump maybe in play and production like he did last year, but maybe take a leadership jump as well to this kind of new look defense with Scott Sloan at the helm. He led the team in tackles last season, like you mentioned. But in this defensive scheme, you do not want your safety, your strong safety, especially leading your team in tackles. For the last eight seasons, a linebacker has led this team in tackles, and we saw how successful those defenses have been compared to how this unit looked last year. I'm sure it goes even further back. That's just as far back as ESPN was willing to tell me. But Nick stepped up and put his Superman cape on for this defense. He was obviously big in the run game, had those 12 tackles against Troy and that thriller and a pass breakup in that game as well. He's an extremely smart player. You mentioned all those game appearances he's had. He was a guy that touched the field as a true freshman in our nickel package just because he was so smart, so physical and fearless. And he had that famous pick sinks against South Carolina as a true freshman that he took the house. So I'm hoping that this year he gets more help around him as far as the defense goes, especially in that secondary. You saw some costly errors on the back end last year, last year, some lack of communication stuff. But I'm hoping that Nick can be a guy that these guys can rally around, can get everybody lined up because I know he knows the defense like the back of his hand. You really can't buy experience like that when you have a guy who's been accustomed to this style of defense since his true freshman year and a guy who made plays his true freshman year and how's kind of taken on a bigger role. And very excited to see what he does in the App State defense for sure. And just very curious about this App State defense in general. We'll talk about it more in the future. There's a lot of spots that need to be filled in. There's a Tyreek Funderburg who didn't make this list. Shocker, but who could also be a guy in that defensive backfield that has a ton of upside. And they're bringing a ton of experience back for sure. It's just a matter of can they execute on that a little bit better than they did last year. Hey, I have a feeling knowing you that there's going to be a lengthy list of honorable mentions at the end of this one, perhaps <laughs> the longest that we have had so far, because I know it was very challenging for you to pick uh, 10 defensive backs to put on this list. Caden, we're going to move on to number eight here, and we've got Chauncey Logan uh, checking in out of James Madison. He's the youngest player on this list. He's going to enter this season as just a sophomore when he takes the field for James Madison this fall. In his debut season last year, he appeared in 10 games, making eight starts at cornerback. He finished the season with one interception and a team leading 10 pass breakups. Here's what's interesting. That one pass breakup per game was actually third best in the Sun Belt. He was sixth in the league in passes defended per game a year ago. He comes from good bloodlines, Caden. Both of his parents were D1 athletes. It feels like Chauncey Logan on this list might have the highest ceiling uh, heading into the 2023 season. Yeah, and definitely the highest upside. This is more of a call-your-shot kind of pick. I think this is a guy that has all-conference written all over him when his career is going to be said and done. Uh, James Madison, you're right. He is the youngest player on this list. His 10 pass breakups led James Madison also matches guys like Micah Abraham and Stephen Gilmore, if you ever heard of those guys. And he only did it with those eight starts. You talked about it. He only had 17 tackles this season, which I think is kind of a good thing when you look at how often he played 
and how much he was on the field and just the nature of the cornerback position. Micah Abraham only had 30 tackles last year. And a lot of times cornerbacks get a ton of tackle stats because guys are catching balls on them and they're tackling them. So I think cornerbacks that have that high hit rate as far as pass breakups and a low hit rate as far as those tackles is actually a good thing. So that's a one thing I definitely love about his game along with the great size he brings to the table. He's 6'1", 200 pounds. He kind of already has some veteran tendencies when you watch him play this season you wouldn't have thought that he was a true freshman and very crisp in and out of his breaks he's great at hand fighting and getting his hands late into balls that receivers are trying to catch he plays with his heart on his sleeve he plays with a ton of energy he looks like a veteran truly when you watch him play quarterbacks did not have a ton of success throwing against this guy he averaged a pass breakup per game like you mentioned Jordan Swan is not out of the picture for that James Madison secondary so I think just based on his freshman season his trajectory I expect him to be a premier player in this James Madison defense for the next couple of years and in the future going forward. Chauncey Logan has a ton of upside. He just just drips with that with that James Madison defensive swag and presence that we've seen from a couple other individual players you've talked about. And I'm really excited about not only how his next season looks, but his season after that looks. And maybe if the NFL comes knocking, if he can build on this production. Yeah, those Dukes fans certainly have high hopes for Chauncey Logan and that James Madison defense uh, again heading into the fall. Kane, we've got two left on this list. We'll move through them fairly quickly at number nine, Del Pettis uh, of the Troy Trojans. He's the second Trojan to appear on our top 10 list. Last year, he started all 14 games at strong safety in that standout defense. He was ranked just outside the top 10 by PFF among G5 defenders with 77.7 tackle grade. It was actually the second best among safeties. Last year, he had 66 tackles, two pass breakups, and a fumble recovery. Caden, here's the other great thing. He's on the field all the time. 847 snaps on defense last year was the third most for Troy. And what I love about his game is the fact that he doesn't miss many tackles. He missed just eight all of last season. If you think back to 2019, he was a freshman All-American, and it feels like, Caden, this standout safety should have more in the tank ahead of 2023. Yeah, and not only did he have that many snaps on defense, he had the fifth most special team snaps on the team last year, which is just just kind of shows you this dude's just a, a straight-up dude. He's the guy, the kind of guy you want in your defense. He is the Troy defensive kind of guy. He's just one of those dudes that you love having on your team. You hate if he's not on your team. And he's a pretty decorated guy. He earned freshman All-American honors from PFF was all conference in the last three seasons via the honorable mention of the third teams. And I think when you look at him, he's very sure tackler. You talk about that tackle rate he has. He's the definition of a sure tackler. But I think when you look at him, he was targeted 26 times in coverage and only 15 of those times passes were completed. He had a little bit, he had a career year for sure. And I think when you look at Detroit defense, he kind of got hidden just because of how many other guys were talented. So I expect him to take more of a leap up this season, especially when you see guys like Carlton Marshall, who are gone, that had 135 tackles from last year. Craig Slocum gone, who had 102 tackles of his own last year. I expect a big year out of Dell coming into this season where there's going to be more tackles for him to have and I think more plays for him to make. So very excited about his season. I think this last year was just a little bit of a warm up as far as that Troy defense taking a leap and him being able to take a leap this upcoming season. Yeah, certainly there are plenty of tackles to go around with a couple of the leading tacklers on that Trojans defense uh, not back heading into 2023. Caden, last on this list, and uh, you went with a cornerback here, Bryce Brown uh, at Georgia State. Uh, he's been named a preseason all-sunbelt selection again by Phil Steele and also by Athlon Sports. He's coming off, though, a 2022 season that saw him record 45 tackles along with one interception and a forced fumble. You look at his three-year career at Georgia State, he's recorded four interceptions, 18 pass breakups, and he's going to enter this year having appeared in 34 games during his Panthers career. 
Caden Brykees is the younger brother of Bruce Brown, who you might have heard of. He just won an NBA championship with the Denver Nuggets. Brykees, it feels like he's going to look to carry that family momentum into the 2023 season. Yeah, I was actually, when I was doing my research, I was kind of looking on his Instagram, and it was around the time of the finals, and I saw he was in the locker room with the Nuggets, posting up with Jokic. So very jealous of Brykees in the offseason he's had with his brother, and congrats to his brother, but you talked about it. This is a guy who's super experienced and kind of like Chauncey Logan is another breakout candidate. In my opinion, he's six foot, 186 pounds with a ton of experience under his belt, heading into his red shirt senior year. The last three seasons at Georgia state, it's kind of been a three man rotation between him, Jalen Jones and Quavion white. Who's obviously been super successful in this conference is with the Arizona Cardinals right now, but those two guys are gone now. And I think this guy has a season where he emerges and is able to break out. You talked about in his career, he's had four interceptions and 18 pass breakups, 101 tackles, was very disruptive last year in his snaps. Like an interception against Army, which is very rare, and forced a fumble that was recovered for a touchdown against James Madison. So I think this guy's a great player. He's kind of been hidden in the shadows throughout his career, but I think he'll try and finally be able to truly display and put on this season. He has quick feet, he has good size and good ball skills, and I think just all around he's kind of penciled in for me as one of those more breakout candidates that could rise up in this season, depending on I think he can get some hands on some balls and make some more plays. Yeah, I love a couple of these breakout candidates down at the bottom here. I think guys that have the ability to move up very quickly on this list. Caden, as I hinted at a minute ago, I know you couldn't narrow this down to just 10. So go ahead and walk me through a couple of honorable mentions on this list. Yeah, out of all the of all the lists we've done, this one probably drove me the most crazy. My five, probably from five to six down changed a whole bunch and I had guys in and out. But just want to give a shout out to these guys because I also think they're great DBs in this conference with a lot of upside. Oshai Fletcher from Troy. Expect big things out of him at the corner spot. Tyler Bride at Georgia Southern also had a great year, had a ton of pass breakups. Old Dominion has an honorable mention safety. Rotarian Johnson, who had a ton of tackles last year. I'm hoping that he has a little bit less tackles last year. I think a lot of that, him and Jason Henderson, kind of carrying the team on their back is not the best thing for your defense, but I think he could shine this year as well. Torrey Spears at Texas State's another great safety. Josh Sherratt, Terry Jones out of James Madison and Old Dominion are great safeties in this league. And then Carolyn Biggers from ULM, Marquise Robinson from South Alabama, Sammy Johnson from Arkansas State, and Caleb Ford Demet from Texas State. Look out for those cornerbacks this year as well if you can keep up with watching four cornerbacks on four different teams at the same time like I probably will this season. Hey, certainly a ton of talent in the league, Kane. I want to say a special thank you as we wrap up uh, these defensive rankings uh, for all your hard work. We've uh, certainly had a lot of fun, I know, going through these, and you've put in uh, you've put in a lot of hours kind of scouting these players and, and coming up with these lists, so I appreciate all the help. No problem. I appreciate you reinvigorating my excitement and energy and joy for evaluating players and kind of putting my Daniel Jeremiah hat on a little bit and kind of breaking down which guys and kind of trying to project who can have a great season. Like we talked about previously, as far as defense or offense, I think this Sunbelt is loaded with talent. If you're not watching the Sunbelt, and trying to watch some of these players on any given Friday, Saturday, weeknight that these guys are on the field, you're, you're missing out because every every game's going to have a dude on the field at least one, two, three, four. Some of these games will have six, seven dudes that probably have NFL written all over them. So it's just adding, doing the research into these lists is really just adding into the excitement I have from the individual success heading into the season that these guys have put on. Hey, to quote Dick Vitale, there's going to be a lot of primetime players, baby, in the Sun Belt uh, this season. You're certainly going to want to keep an eye on these defensive players uh, in the Sun Belt this year. Well, that will do it for this episode of the Freire and Smith podcast. Thanks for continuing to support the show throughout the offseason. We're excited to continue interacting with you throughout the rest of the offseason. Again, here's a quick reminder about our mailbag. If you have a Sunbelt football-related question, send them our way by emailing Smith at gmail.com in the coming weeks. We'd love to hear from you. Before you go, don't forget that we'll be back with the next episode of the Freire and Smith podcast. 
In just a week, uh, Caden and I will be welcoming ESPN analyst Rocky Boyman, uh, the first of several high-profile guests to the Frary and Smith podcast as we lead into our Sunbelt Media Day coverage. Well, that'll do it for us here at the Frary and Smith podcast. As always, if you like today's episode, take a moment to like, rate, and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps us and the show out. We're going to continue bringing you some great content throughout the remainder of the Sunbelt offseason. So for Caden Smith, Richmond Weaver, and Brett Jemis, I'm Noah Frary. Thanks for joining us today. Well, that's goodbye for now. We'll talk to you again soon.